News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. On the Mark is powered by Cunis Country Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area at 221 North 36th Street, Quincy. Faith, family, and giving back. That's Cunis Country. And now, here's Mark Hespin. Good morning, Tri-State 10, wherever you may be listening on the News Talk 1070 KHMO app. This is On the Mark. I am Mark Hespin, brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the Tri-State area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Ask them about that lifetime powertrain warranty on new and used vehicles. Faith, family, giving back. That's Cunis Honda Hyundai. Tell them, Mark Sent you. All right. Welcome on into episode 153 of On the Mark here on this Saturday, September 17th. As always, you can follow me on Twitter, on Instagram at Mark Hespen, M A R K H E S P E N. You can follow the show on our kick, on our uh, Facebook page. Excuse me. Just search On the Mark K H M O. All one word. On the Mark K H M O. On Facebook, you'll find us there. Uh, I share things throughout the week. You can reach out to me, message me if there's a topic you want me to talk about. Or you can always do that just hitting me up on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Hespin. we got a great show planned for you this morning. Uh, We're going to be talking a little MLB. You know, the MLB is lucky this season. I think they're pretty lucky that they have some historic things going on uh, because there are some very uninteresting races as we get close to the end of the season. Uh, we got one of the goats at tennis retiring. I want to talk college football. It's a bad weekend of college football. And my thoughts on Scott Frost and the Nebraska situation. Uh, we will talk, uh, you know, obviously about my lock of the week, upset toss up. Felt good one and one last week. Thanks, Colts. We'll get to that in a bit. Right now, though, let's just get the show started with uh, what we always get the show started with. Hespin headline number one. Hespin's headlines on the mark. All right, so for Hespin headline number one here, heading into week two of the NFL season, uh, I saw this graphic from CBS Sports, and it really kind of shook me. You know, this is the second year of the 17-game NFL season. So we only have one season to look back on as far as exact data for how teams uh, behave and how teams' records can go and what can happen to teams in a 17-game season. And seven teams last year started 0-2 in the first-ever 17-game NFL season. So seven teams were 0-2 after two games. None of those seven made the playoffs. Now, I'm not saying that that's now a, a perfect trend and if you're 0-2, you're screwed. But what it, I think it does show you early on is it is important to have some momentum for your team and being at least one and one or two and oh. I think it obviously helps your fan base, gives you a little breathing room. Getting that first W on the board is big. Cause even if you're one and three, you can quickly turn around your season if you're like, oh, two and three, three and three, win two games in a row and you're right back at 500. And then it's anyone's game. You know, it's sticking around or being close to that 500 mark, right? So of the there are there are a couple teams who are in danger of going 0 and 2. There's actually a good amount of them. And there's some that it doesn't really matter, right? Because we didn't have faith in them making the playoffs this year anyways. Uh that's the Jags, that's the Falcons, uh, that's the Lions, uh that's the Panthers, that's the Jets, right? 
None of those teams, maybe the Panthers, you could argue there was some dark horse, like, hey, they could they could sneak into the playoffs if things go well, right? So maybe maybe I'm writing them off too early. But I'll take them out of the pressure list because I don't think anyone would be calling for heads to roll because the Panthers don't make the playoffs, right? They certainly weren't a betting favorite to make the playoffs. But the Jags, Panthers, Falcons, Lions, uh, Jets, those are all teams that at the beginning of the year, if you'd have said they're going to make the playoffs, we'd all be pretty shocked, right? So we we take them out of it, and then you look at some. There's some big name teams here in danger of going zero and two: Rams, Raiders, Pats, Packers, Broncos, Bengals, Cowboys, Titans, Cardinals, Niners. All of them in danger of going zero and two. So let's take a look at these games that those teams are in, the teams that have the pressure on them to avoid 0-2 because they were predicted to be playoff teams. And, and we'll talk about kind of how I feel. So we'll start with the Patriots. They're at the Steelers. Steelers are 1-0. Nice win over the Bengals. Ugly win, but they found a way to get it done. Patriots offensively were just abysmal against the Dolphins. Patriots are on the road. They're in Pittsburgh against the Steelers. I think the Patriots are in real trouble here. And and again, I predicted the Patriots to miss the playoffs. If you remember a couple of weeks back, we did the predictions. Offensively, we need to see a spark out of this Patriots offense. If you're a Patriots fan and you're trying to make the playoffs this year, uh, you now had a dud of a playoff game to end your season last year. And to start the year with no real offensive coordinator on your staff, your offense only scores seven points. And what is really concerning is when you... um. Just look at box scores. You know, the Patriots, it's not the ugliest thing in the world. But when you go to the drives and you see that a team on their second, third, and fourth drives of a, of a half are just punting, punting, turnover, punting, that's alarming. Because any coach can put together the scripted first 15 plays, which they all do, right? You want your team to score in that first drive or first two drives because that's those are the scripted plays. Those are the ones they rehearsed all week. Those are the ones they sat in on Saturday mornings in the meeting and say, hey, uh, you know, Mac Jones, these are the plays we're calling. And that's what the Patriots scored. They scored their, 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 their two best drives were at the opening drive of the, of the game, uh, and then it ended up being a fumble. And then their opening drive of the second half, they got a, a, a touchdown. Everything else was just poo-poo. So that, to me, shows you that you have a lack of offensive coaching to where you can make adjustments on the fly and you feel like you know you're comfortable calling game plan, right? Andy Reid can score on any drive at any time. Now, part of that is he has Patrick Mahomes, but also that's just a great play caller, right? We know he's a great play caller. Same with Sean McVay, uh, historically. You know, these offensive guys... Uh, they can score at any time of the game. They trust their quarterbacks, and they have a solid offensive game plan. So that's what you got to look out for the Patriots. You know, if they come out and they score in the first drive, that's great. What do the rest of the drives look like for this New England offense? They have a ton to prove. I think they're in real danger of being 0-2. Another team, Seattle at 49ers. The, the 49ers obviously were not good in the second half against Chicago. Credit to Chicago's defense. Listen, it was my lock of the year. I told you four weeks ago I was taking the Bears when there was minus six at home versus the, the Niners. Then the line being minus seven, and the Bears won that game outright. I knew they would. I felt confident about it. Everyone was writing off Chicago. It was a six-win team last year. They had abysmal coaching. Chicago's coaching looked so strong in the second half. Justin Fields 
played in the same torrential downpour that Trey Lance did. They're both second-year quarterbacks. And Justin Fields looked more comfortable with the defensive coach um, than Trey Lance did with the brilliant uh, offensive coach uh, in in, uh, in Kyle Shanahan in the 49ers. So this is, a, this is a concern. Now, Seattle, they basically won their Super Bowl. And now we got Jamal Adams out. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in, in the show quickly to wrap it up. So I think the 49ers are in a real solid bounce back situation, but this is the type of thing where if if the 49ers lose this game, not only are they now in that 0-2 danger of missing the playoffs because history is against them, but also the pressure is worse in San Francisco than other places because Jimmy G's presence is there. I said it on uh, the morning show uh, when as soon as Dak got injured, I haven't talked about it obviously on this show because we haven't had a show since Dak got injured. If I were the Niners, I would have tried to offload Dak very quickly to Dallas. Now Dallas, of course, the rumors they didn't want him. They weren't trying to do that because Dallas knows and that puts pressure on their, uh, you know, $200 million man. And, and I think that's part of it. The re-signing of Jimmy G gives the Niners some comfort, but it makes fans, everyone else, uneasy. Because if, if Trey Lance doesn't perform well, they're 0-2 after losing on the road to Chicago at home to Seattle, two teams that they were uh, predicted to have easy wins over to start the year, and then you then then you break glass. I mean, it is chaos in, in 49er land. So a huge game for the Niners, a ton of pressure for Lance to play well and the Niners get the win. I do think both those things will happen. I think the Seahawks won their Super Bowl. They beat Russell Wilson. I think they'll come out play well against Kyle Shanahan, Pete Carroll and his defense, but you're missing their best player in Jamal Adams on the defense. And uh I think I think the Niners at home be more comfortable, better weather, and they'll get a win. Uh now the Falcons are at the Rams. Rams, same type of thing. The Rams need to perform well after having a dud against the 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 uh, Bills, the Super Bowl favorites at home, Rams stay at home. Falcons got to travel all the way to L.A. I think L.A. is going to be well rested, great game plan. I think they'll take care of business against a Falcons team that at home had a real gut heart uh, gut punch of a loss uh, to their rival, the Saints. I love the the Rams here. Uh, if the Rams don't play well and lose, then they're in real trouble as well. Because, again, even if you predicted them to lose to the Bills, everyone in the world two weeks ago when you're making your season predictions like I was, you circle, all right, so what, they're 0-1. They lose to a great Bills team. They'll come back and get to 1-1. If this Rams team falls to 0-2, it it could be disastrous for them as far as what the narrative is. Is the offensive line? Is Matt Stafford's elbow? What's the relationship with Matt Stafford and Allen Robinson after only two targets in week one? So big, big week for the Rams. I think they'll they'll bounce back in in a big way. Uh, Texans at um, Broncos. Big game for the Broncos. We just talked about the Broncos. Uh, they lost at home uh, on the road to Seattle. This is a Texans team that got really a win by getting a tie against a Colts team that was favored by seven points. Colts killed me last week with that uh, with the with my lock of the week, but. I like the Broncos here to bounce back. The storyline will be all about, um, uh, you know, the field goal choice and the missed field goal at the end of the game. Remember, the Broncos fumbled twice on the goal line. 
that game really shouldn't have been that close. It shouldn't have got to that point. I think they clean up some of those mistakes. I think you'll see a Broncos team that kind of got humiliated a little bit on national TV. They'll come out, take care of business. Texans team on the road. Don't have the comfort of home. Don't have the familiar opponent in the division. I like the Broncos uh, to take care of it and avoid the 0-2 start. Uh, Titans at Bills. This is a nightmare for the Titans. You know, this is why that loss week one was so devastating for them against the Giants because, again, three weeks ago as you're predicting the schedules, you say, all right, the Titans are 1-1 one one through week one, through two weeks, and that's fine for the defending first uh, number one overall seed in the AFC to be at. You you beat you beat up on the Giants. You, you can lose at, on the road to the Bills. No one's gonna no one's gonna fault you for that because the Bills are great. But now pressure is on. You have to avoid the zero and two start after the embarrassing loss at home to the Giants. The Titans are in trouble. I don't see them winning this game. A Buffalo is a wagon defensively. Uh, the Titans don't have their best pass rusher. And I think the the pressure will get to them. It's going to be closer than you think. I'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. But uh, the Titans are, I think, in real trouble and will probably start the season 0-2 for the number one overall seed last year in the AFC. And then finally, there are two games that feature teams that are 0-1. So we know at least two of these teams will end up 0-2. Bengals at Cowboys, Cowboys are going to be 0-2. Bengals will come out firing in all cylinders. And even if the Bengals are sloppy again, they're starting Cooper Rush. And I think you're going to see a Cowboys team... The defense will play well in the first half. I would take the first half under in this game. I think the Cowboys are going to run the ball a ton. Some trick plays. They'll empty it all out. They might uh, get up early, you know, a, a 10 nothing lead on the Bengals, and Joe Burrow may throws another pick early, or they get a strip sack fumble. Micah Parsons has a big play. The second half of this game, the tides will turn. The Bengals will take care of business. I think the Bengals will run away with this uh, by the second half, and the game won't be close. Cooper Rush is not a starting quarterback in this league. And he, he is, at best, a third-string guy that you only want in there for a handful of snaps as, as your starter's getting retaped on his ankle. I think this could be ugly. I think the Bengals, uh, you know, it, it, unless they fall apart and the, and the Cowboys' defense plays out of their minds, this game shouldn't be close. Cowboys will fall to 0-2. And then finally, the Cardinals at the Raiders, a really fascinating game. Both teams, Cardinals predicted by a lot of people, to be right there in the playoff hunt, myself included, and the Raiders, a team that we all predicted will be, uh, you know, probably maybe the best fourth place division finisher in NFL history. Uh, Raiders, a lot of pressure at home. I actually think the Raiders, if you're going to make me bet this game, I don't want to bet this game. It was almost my toss up uh, of the week. Uh, I think both teams are motivated. Both teams have good offenses. Both teams' defenses are shaky. Um, the, the Raiders' offensive line is, is not great, but. Uh, Watt may still be out for the Cardinals. Uh, I don't know his status yet coming back from uh, COVID exposure. I, I think this is going to be a must-watch game. I think it's going to be a great game to keep an eye out for Cardinals-Raiders. Uh, Cardinals could fall to that dreaded 0-2 start. Wouldn't panic too much, though. They still got to get Hopkins back, and the NFC is weaker. More important for the Raiders to avoid 0-2 in that really, really tough AFC West. A lot of fascinating games. Not saying that 0-2s means you're going to miss the playoffs, but as we see now, 0-2, um, it, it's not great. Seven teams started 0-2 last year in the 17-game NFL season, first time ever. All seven of them missed the playoffs. I think we get the Cardinals 0-2, Cowboys 0-2. I think the Patriots are 0-2. And I think the Titans are 0-2. I'll take the Rams. I'll take the Niners. I'll take the uh, Broncos. 
all to avoid Bengals uh, and and all to avoid and Raiders to uh, avoid those 0-2 starts. You're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. When we come back, let's talk about a little gambling, lock, toss-up, upset of the week. It's on the Mark on News Talk 1070 KHMO. You wash your hands and... Hometown News Talk 1070 KHMO and the free KHMO mobile app for your smartphone. Every two minutes, a woman in the U.S. is diagnosed with breast cancer. And in that split second, her life changes forever. The toll of breast cancer is great. The need to support those who are battling the disease today is even greater. We're fighting alongside patients because we know one moment can change a lifetime. United by hope, we can end breast cancer. Join our fight. Save lives. I've got muscular dystrophy. During COVID-19, kids like me are at a greater risk. But the Muscular Dystrophy Association is here to help. MD is what ensures they receive critical medical care at one of over 150 care centers. Please visit helpmda.org. We're KHMO and the KHMO mobile app. Welcome on back down the mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. We are brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. Go to shopcunis.com. You can search their entire inventory and their network of dealers. Uh, that's what I did. I found my truck at one of their other dealerships. They brought it down to the Quincy location, test drove it the next day. And was driving out of the, on the lot uh, you know, an hour later with a great deal. Uh, the financing department is incredible. They make it so easy to buy. Uh, you can order new vehicles. Shop their lot at two, uh, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Just tell them Mark sent you. All right. Uh, we move on from talking about the scariness of being 0-2 to, uh, to talking about a little gambling on football. I'm 1-1 to start the season. My lock, an upset. The toss-up I always give you as well uh, is the game that I'm avoiding. So let's jump into it. little gambling for Hespin headline number two. Hespin's headlines on the mark. All right. Um, so let's take a look at it. And I went through all the games, and it was a tough. You have a lot of, of big-time favorites at home and some road underdogs as well. Um Let's start off with the lock of the week. I'm 0-1 on my locks thanks to the Colts. Killed me. I, that tie with the Texans should have been a loss. The Texans deserve that win. The Texans really did win that game. Uh, but if you're the Colts, you're actually sitting pretty with the Titans losing. I mean, that saved you. That really did. The Colts, I still feel confident about the Colts being able to win the AFC South, uh, especially now with the tie versus the Titans loss. Titans probably be 0-2, as I mentioned, after this week. Uh, but they got they they got lucky. They got to lock some things up and uh, find a way to put some scores in the end zone. I mean, you got Matt Ryan throwing for three hundred yards. You got your running back running for one hundred and fifty yards. You only put up twenty points against a Texans team that uh, should come back down to earth, but played with a lot of heart and spirit in Week One. All right, uh, so let us jump into it uh, with my lock of the week, and I'm going to take the Bengals. As the lock of the week, minus seven on the road versus the Cowboys. I talked about this game just a little bit, but I'll expand on it. I really do think the Cowboys look out for them at home to come out highly motivated. Defense will be hair on fire. You'll see them bring some exotic blitz packages. They'll try to pressure that Bengals young, uh, improving offensive line. They could try to get at Joe Burrow. 
Uh, the Bengal, the, the Cowboys, in order to win this game, know they're going to need to make plays, turnovers, Micah Parsons, uh, Diggs, just you know, playing wild and crazy, hair on fire type of defense. I think you'll see a lot of that, but the the offense is not going to be able to score points. I, I just maybe yeah, Pollard or Zeke has a breakaway run or a trick play, and your CD Lamb is a is a game breaker. But for them to score enough points to cover the seven, I just don't see it happening. Uh, this game could easily be 17-7 and you've covered your seven or 14-7, uh, you know, and you, uh, 17-3. I mean, I just don't see the Cowboys being able to score enough. The Bengals, they may not score a ton. I wouldn't take the over in this game. Uh, at all, but I like them as a lock, as a favorite. The, the lock is your, if you're new to this, is always, uh, I'm predicting a favorite to cover their spread. So I, I think the, the Bengals will win. They will cover, uh, the seven points. My upset, I wanted to go with the Bears again, because I really do think the Bears and getting 10 points on the road against Green Bay is good. That Bears defense is good. I think the Bears offense can score, uh, and I just don't see the, this, that being a high scoring game, and I, and I do think the Bears will be able to hang with the Packers, but I will try to spice it up, and my upset, I think the Titans will cover the 10 versus the Bills. Bills will still win. That's not what this pick is. The upset is, can they cover? Good teams win, great teams cover. I think the Titans will cover. This game, I think, will be closer than you think. I could see this game being 20 to 20 midway through the fourth. Josh Allen gets a, a Bills touchdown to win it or seal it. Um, but the Bills playing really high, home crowd, a lot of emotion. Um, the Bills are a team that turn the ball over. They can be sloppy at times. The Texans are a well-coached team. I think they're going to play hair on fire, motivated football, try to shock the world mentality. They need it because falling to 0-2, as we just talked about, would be deadly. Derrick Henry, get a lot of Derrick Henry, a big dose of him, controlling the clock in Buffalo, trying to keep Josh Allen off the field, trying to keep that crowd quiet, the rowdy Buffalo Bills crowd of their Zuba pants. I think the Titans will lose, but they'll cover. If you're looking for an upset, I think the Titans will cover the 10. That's a lot of points for a good team. It's just a lot of points for a good team. I, you know, this, it, it, it may be, the Titans probably won't win, but the, I think they'll cover the, they'll definitely cover the 10. So that's my lock. Bengals will cover the seven and win as favorites. Upset. The Titans will lose, but they'll cover against the Bills. And finally, my toss up. This is a game. That I've looked at all the lines, I'm trying to figure it out, and I just don't feel comfortable betting anything, uh, but we'll stick with the line. And it's Philly minus two at home versus the Vikings. The Vikings played great in week one, and they put up a ton of points at home where they're very comfortable against the Packers. Philadelphia, they scored a bunch of points in a crazy uh, hold-on-to-your-hats win against Detroit on the road. Philly at home, these teams both can score A.J. Brown looked great in his Philly uniform. Justin Jefferson's a top three receiver in the league, in my opinion, with Devontae Adams and, uh, and, and Cooper Cup. I think these teams will, will score. I think these teams are built very similarly in the sense they have big play offenses and they like to, uh, they like to try to attack your quarterback on defense. Listen, I think Philly, if you, if you, if you force me to choose, I like Philly more than I like Minnesota. You know that about my predictions beginning of the year. But just after one week, I'm not sure the read on these teams yet. I'm just not sure. I, I know that Philly's defense was leaking points at the end of that game against a a Lions offense that's not as good as this Vikings offense. But 
They're at home. They're not on the road. And this Vikings team, um, can they this be a little bit of a letdown spot for them? They get the big win against the division rival in, in their uh, hated Green Bay uh, rivals. So uh, maybe it's a letdown spot. I just don't know. I'm just going to stay away from that game. If you think you have a um, uh, if you think you have a uh, a read on the Vikings versus the Eagles, reach out to me on Twitter at Mark Hespen M A R K H E S P E N. Hit me up. Let me know what you think. Maybe you want to take the over on that game. Who knows? Maybe that's the play on it. I'm just going to stay away from it. I want to watch it. I think it's going to be a great game, entertaining game, and I think it's going to be a real big kind of deciding moment. Either one of those teams, if one of these teams, the Vikings or the Eagles, can kind of blow out the other team, watch. They're going to skyrocket to the top of other, of other, you know, all the uh, the ESPNs and the CBSs of all the NFL Network, all their power rankings, right? People be really high on it. Uh, quickly looking at some of the other lines I like. I kind of like the over 43 points in Carolina versus New York. I think both those teams' defenses are leaky, and both those teams' offenses looked more capable than I thought they would in week one. Colts-Jags, I like the Colts on the road uh, to be able to, to cover the three and a half, uh, but the Jags were are feisty. Uh, Dolphins-Ravens, that's another one that could be a little bit of a toss-up. The Ravens are getting three and a half points at home. Three and a half for a good Dolphins team seems like you might want to take them to cover, but I, I think the Ravens, the, the play there is more the over 44. I think these teams will score on each other. Uh, Patriots, Steelers, over, under is 40. That is so low. It's feisty to take. I might take the over on that purely because I think both teams are, uh, both teams are capable of creating defensive scores and turnovers, and that game can, could get out of hand as well. Uh, the over/under on the Jets Browns is thirty nine and a half. Again, really low. Uh, I like I like the Browns to cover the six and a half against the Jets at home. Jets are so bad. Bucks Saints. This one's going to be really fun to watch. Minus two and a half. The Bucks are favored on the road. That's that's just basically telling you if this game was in uh, in Tampa, it would be closer than maybe you think. It'd be it'd be under a touchdown. They, the, the, the Vegas likes the Saints a lot. The Lions are favored at home, minus two, barely favored. Uh, these teams are really close. That's going to be a fun one to watch as well because I think um, if the Lions can win this game, it'll prove the fact that we think the Lions are going to be feistier than they are, and I do think they're going to be feistier. A lot of points for the Rams to cover the 10 at home against the Falcons. Uh, I, I if, that, if that was 7 or, or anything less than 10, I would have taken that as my lock, but 10 is a lot of points. You just never know what can happen in an NFL game. Niners favored by 9 against the Seahawks. At home, I think that's a, I think that's one you could take the Niners minus nine. Raiders, Cardinals, Raiders minus five and a half at home. I would take the Cardinals to cover that. I think it's going to be a close game, but the Raiders win. Um, Broncos covering the 10 against the Texans. That's a lot of points to give the Texans, but I, I could see you, I could see you convincing yourself of that. Bears, as we mentioned, plus 10. I would take the Bears plus 10 against the Packers. Uh, and that's it. We've covered all, we covered all the lines there as well. All right, if you got any betting tips you want me to talk about, reach out to me on Twitter at Mark Hespin, M-A-R-K-H-E-S-P-E-N. Let me know what your bets are for the week. My lock is the Bengals minus 7. Upset is the Titans minus 10. Uh, take those two and ride with me. Right now I'm 1-1, 50% on the year. Let's uh, let's get this uh, let's get this up to 3-1 and one after the weekend. It's on the mark on News Talk 1070, KHMO and KHMO app. What I know about courage... 
I learned from my adoptive mom. She said sometimes you just gotta hold on and know we'll get through this. Mom, we are so high up. Hold my hand. <laughs> no, you hold my hand. Here we go. Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. I learned patience from my adoptive dad. All he had to say was, Hey, you got this. Just breathe. Hey. hey we're pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Might have to start a band. <laughs> I got it. Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. <laughs> Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. This message is brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. The Songs of Love Foundation is a nonprofit organization that provides free, personalized songs for kids battling serious illness, including physical or emotional challenges. Listen to a little O'Kaley's Song of Love. parent or relative can request a free song of love by visiting songsoflove.org or calling us at 800-960-SONG. That's 800-960-SONG. You wash your hands and forecast from the News Talk 1070 KHMO Weather Center. A blend of clouds and sun today with highs around 87. Southerly winds 8 to 15 miles per hour. Chance for scattered thunderstorms tonight, lows around 68. 88 tomorrow, chance for scattered thunderstorms. Right now, 72. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith family giving back, that's Cunis Honda Hyundai. you got to ask them about that lifetime powertrain warranty. The no-fear Cunis warranty on new and used vehicles uh, is uh, something that no one else is offering right now. Uh, when you stop by the dealership, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy, tell them Mark sent you. All right, uh, we move on now. Uh, and I want to talk a little baseball for a second. Get away from football. Baseball season is still going on. And right now, baseball season is hanging on by a thread as far as level of interest. And they're really lucky because... Right now, baseball season does not have that many interesting races. Everyone wants to say, oh, the sky is falling around the Yankees. Yeah, sure. There's still six games up on Toronto in their division. The Yankees are okay. You know, Houston is running away from Seattle in the West. Twelve and a half game lead. The Cardinals, credit to the Cardinals, have just taken a complete stranglehold of the Central. They're eight games up on the Brewers. Uh, the Dodgers have already locked up a playoff spot. They'll probably, uh, in, in their division, I mean, they're 20 and a half games up on the Padres, which, which is a good team going into the year. It's, it's a team, you know, 13 games over 500. The Padres, the, you know, the, the Dodgers are just, you know, 98 wins already, just blowing people out. So there really is only two races that are even remotely close of the six races. Uh, and that is the AL Central. Uh, Cleveland's got four games up on the White Sox, but, and then, uh, and five up on the Twins. But, you know, the White Sox have been inconsistent. They're a minus 12 run differential. Uh, and they still, as of the ESPN power rankings right now, only a 15% chance to make the playoffs. And, and then, you know, the AL, the, the NL East is a is fascinating. I mean, the Mets and, and the, and, and Atlanta, but 
again, if you're not, both teams will make the playoffs. One of them is going to be a wild card team. And if you're not fans of the AL East, you know, you're, this is the one really, really tight race. And you're kind of like, okay, who cares? Both teams are going to make the playoffs anyways. And even Philly, who's eight games back, has a 96% chance of locking up a wild card spot as well. It looks like it's going to be those three teams and then the Cards and the Dodgers and, and the Padres. So, you know, baseball is, is in a little bit of trouble in the sense that they don't have the urgency of, oh, my gosh, look at all these tight races. you got to watch baseball on Friday night. Don't go to the local high school football game. Forget about college football on Saturday. You've got to watch, you know, Cards Brewers, or you have to watch Yankees Red Sox because they are neck and neck. A half a game separates them with only two weeks to go. They just don't have any of that urgency. But what baseball has going for them right now, and this is something, but they're really lucky they have this going for them right now because you can't count on this stuff every year. You first off, you have Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is chasing the triple crown. He leads like the AL in almost every single thing. He is. Um, and he's chasing one of the most iconic numbers in all sports. Roger Maris is 61 homers. Uh, he hit it back for the Yankees. Uh, and, and then that is the most home runs ever for a, uh, an AL hitter in, in MLB history in a season. So he's got, they have that going for them. Obviously, Aaron Judges, it's a huge storyline. 61 is an iconic number. He's a Yankee who's doing it. He's the biggest player in baseball, you know, six, seven. He's, a, he's a larger than life character. Uh, and literally, and, and MLB can use him and help promote that. So that's great, right? I'm fascinated by it. I'm always checking the box scores to judge hit another home run. Where's Judge at? So that's good. They need that in lieu of some of these non-close races. The other thing the MLB's got going on for them, and I hate to say it as a Cubs fan, is the Cardinals. The Cardinals are a fascinating story. They've taken control of their division, yes, but they had Two really historic things. You know, Wainwright and, and Yachty just broke the record. 325 career games as a battery, starting pitcher, starting catcher. And that is a record I truly believe will never be broken. It will never be broken. Because in order to break that record, you have to have what Yachty and Wainwright are. And I just don't see that in the modern MLB happening again. First off, A, you have to have a Hall of Fame level catcher who's going to catch for your team for 15 plus years. And, and that alone is really hard to find, right? That's almost impossible to find. Not only do you have to find that guy, you then have to have his career basically line up with a Hall of Fame or borderline Hall of Fame pitcher who stays with you and that team, or at least that catcher. They get traded together somehow, which makes it even more impossible. And their careers have to basically line up. I don't think Wayno's a Hall of Fame pitcher. He's like definitely like first bout Hall of very good. So you need a guy though who's who's borderline Hall of Fame or a Hall of Fame pitcher whose career lines up with a Hall of Fame or borderline Hall of Fame catcher who both can last fifteen plus years. I mean that's just not going to happen again. It's a, it's a fascinating storyline. And on top of that, you have Albert Pujols chasing seven hundred. You know, passing a Rod is a big accomplishment. Pujols, for the most part, we know has played the game cleanly. Uh, Pujols is a guy who um, yeah, he's, he's not the best human being in the world, from we could tell, things with his wife and some other things going on recently off the field. But he's not a uh, Manny Rod, you know, Riguez or a, you know, he doesn't have 
He's he doesn't have the the, the A Rod type of history and past where he's very questionable and shaky. Pujols should be celebrated and is being celebrated. Uh, can he get to 700? I'm not sure. Uh, it's a, it's a lot. He's he's cranking out home runs. The fact he's got to 697, he's gotten this close. I think is impressive alone. Uh, he's moved into the fourth all time alone behind only the three you know biggest names in baseball: Hank Aaron, Babe Ruth, and Barry Bonds. I think it'll be great for him to join the 700 club. And again, great storyline. And the MLB needs storylines like this because, as I mentioned, you basically got one close race. Mets, Braves, and both those teams are going to make the playoffs anyways. Baseball's got to get that figured out. You're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO with the KHMO app. When we come back, we've got a number of different topics I want to touch on to wrap up the show. We're live and local. It's on the Mark and News Talk 1070 KHMO. Explore Banana Republic. If you're 45 or older, you need to get yourself screened for colon cancer. Don't make the mistake of waiting until you have symptoms. Get screened for colon cancer. Learn how at standuptocancer.org slash colon cancer. And welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by the great people at Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. Stop by the dealership, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. They have a ton of new inventory. Inventory. Their used inventory is second to none. And what's great about Cunis Honda Hyundai right now is you can get in on the big savings, the weekend sales event, and buying and ordering new vehicles as well. If you don't see what, you're on it, what you want on the lot, they have the largest network of dealers to find you the used vehicle you want. Or if you want a custom order of brand new Honda or Hyundai, they can do that for you as well. Tell them Mark sent you. All right. A uh, couple fun stories to wrap up the show here. Let's start with Roger Federer retiring. Listen, I think, you know, for a guy like Federer, uh, he sees that uh, his body is just given out. He's made all the money in the world. And you know what? Uh, I think this may be even a year or two, a little too late. You know, I, I'm one of those retire while you're on top. Serena gave it one last go. And I think, you know, someone like Roger probably waited. All right, if Serena's going to retire, I can retire. You got all the money in the world, all the opportunities in the world. I think Federer... When it's all said and done, to me, he is the greatest men's tennis player, uh, That, in my opinion. I know that Nadal's got more Grand Slams. Djokovic has got more Grand Slams. But just the who he was, he's he's got a, a quality, a too cool quality, the hair, the look, um, that I think people really respond to. The name, uh, the, the branding. And I think Federer has done a great job for himself, making himself a, a global icon. Uh, congrats to him on a terrific career. Uh, certainly, seeing the end of the of the era coming here uh, soon for all these all these legends: Tom Brady, Serena Williams, Federer, Tiger, uh, LeBron. Here, it's it's wild that we're getting to the end of some of these icons. Um, Scott Frost out at Nebraska. You know, Scott Frost is a real warning uh, tale. Going home isn't always the best option, right? Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern, he is a legend at Northwestern. He was one of their best players ever. He led him to the Rose Bowl win, the best seasons of football seasons Northwestern ever had. Pat Fitzgerald was the leader of that, that team for them as a player. He's come back home, and he's coached them to a new golden era of Northwestern football. But what's great about Pat Fitzgerald is his success story is that there's been some ups and some downs, but he also understands the culture of Northwestern. And he understood that uh, – and Northwestern understands their own culture. They know they can't do better than Pat Fitzgerald. 
And a Pat Fitzgerald would probably be a national title coach if he was in the SEC or a big-time Big Ten program. I mean, a legitimate national title type coach. He's that good. But they kind of get each other, right? With Scott Frost, he, was, he fits the bill, right? Bring home the kid. Nebraska kid, played for Nebraska, will lead us to back to, to greatness after leading uh, a lower-level program in UCF to undefeated seasons, and, 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 and everyone talking about them should be in the playoff, right? But the problem is when you go home sometimes and it doesn't go well, I mean, Jim Harbaugh was teetering on this for a while. Where, where out, when you when your home fires you, where do you go? I mean, think about how kind of sad that is. Like Scott Frost, he, he can't go back to Nebraska games and just enjoy it as a fan, as an alumni. You know, you're getting you get kind of run out of town and booed out of town. Your fan base turned on you. It's gonna be really, really messy, really messy. And so it's a warning sign if you if you are that guy, that gal who's looking to go and revamp your hometown program. Be careful. Just be careful because you can end up burning some bridges, especially if the program has expectations are way too high, and Nebraska is that. I will say, though, Nebraska is still an enticing job. I heard Joe Klatt of college football analyst on Fox Sports made a great point. People want to say it's a bad job, but it's not. If you have a Big Ten opening or an SEC opening, that's a great job. The money that they can pay you, the money they can recruit with the NIL, and the exposure because you're in the two big boy conferences, it's a great job. They just got to understand their own ceilings better, right? They just got to understand their ceilings better. Uh, speaking of college football, let's stick with college football here. It's a bad weekend of college football. Let's just say it. We can say it, right? College football scheduling is bad. You know, Alabama's playing Louisiana, Lafayette, and and you know, Georgia's playing someone you never heard of. And it's just, it's one of those weekends, college football. And it's a bummer. I mean, if you're trying to convince me there's a, it's a good college football weekend, you got two games between ranked opponents and they're, and neither of them matter. Number 13, Miami at Texas A&M, number 24. Texas A&M lost and their program's in some weird shambles. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's a big weekend for Texas A&M. Yeah, they go one and two, and with Jimbo and the, the number one recruiting class in the country, you're going to start seeing the D commits quick, 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 quick. I mean, it's bad. It's going to be a bad weekend for Texas A&M. And if Miami, you know, you're two and zero, and you got you kind of got to smell blood in the water here. You got to maybe kind of put your foot on the throat. You know what I mean? Uh, so I, that it's an interesting game, but it's. In the end, neither Miami or Texas A&M is competing for a national title anymore. I mean, Texas A&M has a chance if they could blow out Miami, find a way to get in it as a one-loss team, you know, and maybe it can, depending on what you got to do, I mean, you'd have to run the table and be very impressive. Miami could maybe make a playoff run if they can blow out Texas A&M and, and run the table and be impressive with some wins. Um, but again, that's one game. And then the other one, BYU, number 12, at Oregon, 25. Again, Oregon season's pretty much done. We saw them get trounced by Georgia. And even if Oregon goes undefeated the rest of the way, you're going to look back at that Georgia loss and be like, yeah, we don't, let's not put them in the playoff. We don't want to see them get blown out again by 40 points. And, and for BYU, I mean, it's a similar thing, that, I guess, to Miami. 
But again, you got to con- look at how much convincing I had to do to myself just for two games of the whole slate of college football to be like, yeah, these are kind of interesting, right? BYU, Oregon, and, and Miami, Texas A&M. Though there's one, to me, there's one good game that I really am excited to watch, and I think it could be a kind of a defining game for the weekend. Michigan State, 12, uh, 12th ranked, they're two and zero versus unranked two and zero Washington, Big to uh, Big Ten, Pac twelve. Both schools equal, kind of fairly equal in their rankings. You know, Michigan State is, you know, I would argue they're behind. They're definitely behind Ohio State and Michigan in the Big Ten, the current Big Ten. Um, but once you know, you once you get past that, you could argue that Michigan State is right there with Wisconsin and Penn State as far as relevancy in the Big Ten and importance. Uh, and Washington, similarly, they're not USC, they're not Oregon, but they're probably that next school. Uh, and so both these teams have an outside chance again of being, you know, making a really great bowl game. And, and Michigan State, even again in a Big Ten schedule, having a chance to probably maybe squeak into a playoff if they go undefeated. So this is a big moment for both schools. They both want to win this game. It's it's an important game. Pac-12, Big Ten, uh, 6.30. I think that one's on Fox. That'll be interesting enough. Uh, and then finally, I want to take a look at one other story before I leave you all. This came from uh, ESPN's Kevin Pelton. And... Um, the Euros are going on right now, Euro basketball. And uh, he decided to rank the top 10 players to play in this Europe league that have then made, you know, in the NBA. So basically the top 10 European players of all time, right? Um, and he has number 10, Luka Doncic. And I think he says in the article, hey, fair, this guy's going to skyrocket up this list probably by this time next year. But I think that's already kind of stupid to do. I would put Luka... Much higher on this list. Uh, he has number eight, Peja Stoyakovich. Peja deserves it. He, I mean, Peja was a great player. Very unique. He was one of that kind of that three point spe- European specialist um, with the with the length, also ability to handle the ball. Okay, Detlev Shrimp. He puts it number eight. See, I would put Luca ahead of both those guys right now. Luca, I'd probably put eight on this list. I wouldn't yet put Luca as far as ahead of number seven. Who has Marcus Gasol. Marcus Gasol's had a great career. Uh, his career is pretty much over now. Uh, lesser of the two Gasol brothers, but really important for Spanish basketball and a really, really great NBA career. Uh, Luca will obviously finish ahead of him uh, by the end time. It's all said and done. Number six, Tony Parker. Uh, I love Tony Parker. Tony Parker uh, in his prime with Manu and with uh, Tim Duncan. I mean, that team, you got to remember, so much fun to watch. Tony Parker was such a thorn in the side of those great Kobe Lakers teams as well. Uh, Tony Parker, uh, underrated, all-time great point guard, comes in at number six. Rudy Gobert, number five. I think that's a little high. I would probably put Tony Parker ahead of Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert, multiple-time defensive player of the year. He's a great player. Nothing against him, but I think Tony Parker's importance to the sport and uh, what he accomplished as far as being a champion, more important than Rudy Gobert. Number four, Pau Gasol. I like this ranking. I think Pau... Is the top five European basketball player of all time. Pau Gasol and Kobe Bryant will tell you enough. It let, just listen to Kobe speak about how important and how great Pau Gasol was. He really was. He really important. And Pau is the type of guy that, um, absolute game changer for you, uh, at your organization. I mean, just a game changer for your organization when they brought him into LA. Uh, number three, Nikola Jokic. I think he deserves to be there at this point. Top three. Uh, 
two-time MVP, he is so uniquely skilled. He's so uniquely built. Uh, he's very, very special. Number two, Giannis. Again, I think Giannis needs to be there. The Greek freak, number two best European of all time. And I think he will end up being the best European player of all time. I think Luka and Nikola Jokic and this guy who's number one, Dirk, will battle for that two through four spots. Dirk deserves to be at number one now. And listen, if Giannis's career kind of flames out, Dirk, Dirk could still end up being the greatest European to ever play. I mean, Dirk is so special and so uniquely gifted, but he's the number one right now. I think it's interesting enough. Um, Luka, Giannis, Nikola, and Dirk. Uh, I would add Pau Gasol in that top five Euros of all time, you know, if their careers all keep trajecting the way they're going. And who knows, more European kids keep showing up on the radar every day. Thank you so much for making me a part of your Saturday morning. Enjoy some college football, whatever you can this weekend. Not great games. And enjoy some great, great NFL action tomorrow. Reach out to me on Twitter, at Mark Hespin, M-A-R-K-H-E-S-P-E-N. And we'll see you next week on On the Mark. Everyone who's manning the front.